0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: What's up everybody. Welcome to the pick six podcast CBS sports daily NFL podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Woo. A thrilling Monday night. Escapade between the Giants and the Eagles that leads in heartbreak for Eli Manning. You hate to see it. Twenty three seventeen Eagles win in overtime. You know Debo is excited if you listen to this podcast. And uh so go on, go on iTunes and leave Debo a congratulatory note. Hey, like Debo, your team six and seven. That's awesome. You're probably going to make the playoffs until you lose the. Cowboys at home and you don't have any wide receivers other than Greg Ward left. But good win over the Giants in overtime um, or whatever you want to do or leave a five-star review rating. I'm not trying to kill Devo's joy here. I am trying to talk to Ryan Wilson, John Breach, and Sean Wagner McGuff. And uh, then after the break, we're going to talk about this game. We're talking talk about some of the Patriots stuff that come out. And then we're going to talk to Jonathan Jones. Long-time friend of the program, first-time appearance, our new colleague at CBS Sports. Uh, he was in Kansas – he was in New England, excuse me, for the Patriots-Chiefs game. We're going to talk about that. Uh, just FYI, we do reference the Bengals videotaping stuff, uh, sort of jokingly, because it's it's sort of uh, uh, snowballed a bit after that. Uh, so if you hear that later on after the break, that's why. Again, rate, subscribe, download. Um, Ryan, did you enjoy a little Eli Manning
2: schadenfreude? Well, I'm looking at his uh, final stat line: 15 for 30, 203 yards, two touchdowns, and um, the 15 for 30 actually kind of shocked me. His first half was completely different than the second half. I was glad he had some success. Uh, I'm sure Debo wasn't happy about the first half when the giant when the Giants actually played relatively well against no no one was out there. Was by like by the way, we get, we
1: did get a request for sorry somebody requested that Debo jump on as the talent for the pod and. You go to be a producer. Yeah, they call me Old Man Wilson, I believe, to be the
2: <laughs> which is accurate, and I'm okay with that. Debo deserves to bask in the glory of beating the My, Mighty Giants team. Um, but Darius Slayton played well in the first half. Again, no one was covering him, but he caught the ball so his way. It was a nice little swan song for Eli. Too bad the game is 60 minutes, or in this case, 67 and a half minutes or whatever it was, and, and not 30 minutes. But uh, I don't know if this changes much for the Giants. I think Pat Shermer's getting fired. I think Dave Gettleman's future's probably in doubt. I don't know if Eli Manning is going to retire, but he should probably think long and hard about it. And, uh, the Eagles live to fight another day. Uh, they got a lot of issues you touched on it, Brinson. Injuries, inconsistency, questions about coaching decisions. Uh, I'll just put this one thing out there before I give up the mic. Um, last drive of the Eagles, fourth quarter, fourth and three from their own 30-ish. You're two and 11. Mm, Last drive of the Giants, you mean? Giants, sorry, yep. What are you doing, Pat Sherman? Go for it. Who cares if you don't get
1: it? What yeah. happens? So you're right. Look, the uh, Giants scored uh, 17 points in the first half. Their second half possession chart, punt, 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 end of half. I mean, you know, you're outclassed. You can tell that your defense is coughing it up against a really bad, you know, Eagles skill position group. Um, and then you allowed them to get to overtime. Eight plays, seventy-five yards, four minutes and fifty seconds, Breach. It was an absolute evisceration by Carson Wentz. It was too easy. The the, the Eagles the Giants were gassed. Um worth noting, Eli Manning's wife had sworn she would never come to Philadelphia again because of the things that they say about her husband. And she made the exception this time. Does that make you think, Breach, that Eli is walking away after this little uh, swan song belly flop?
3: Walking away from Philadelphia, never coming back. Yes. But I do not I don't think this means he's gonna retire. Um, although maybe he should after that second half. He was four of eleven for twenty-four yards. That is about as ugly as it gets. Um and when you watch these two teams, watching really any NFC East game this season, I was almost rooting for overtime because for me, watching two NFC East teams play is like watching uh the babies race on a basketball court where <laughs> like i just don't care about the town out there i just want to see a competitive game or a competitive baby race and that's that's me watching
1: i thought you were NFC. gonna say like i just want to see babies fall over
3: ah, babies fall over too that works and maybe a baby could have gone four of 11 for 24 yards so i i am glad that eli manning because you know the giants were eight and a half point underdogs no one was expecting anything from this Anything from them in this game, and have Eli Manning come out and throw a 35-yard touchdown pass, then a 55-yard touchdown pass. Everyone was like, "Well, holy crap, this is totally an Eli move. This is what he does. You put him in a weird spot, shocks everyone, and we're all shaking our heads." And like Wilson said, unfortunately, it didn't last for 60 minutes. It only lasted for 30 minutes. Um, but I was impressed the Giants had any fight in them. If anything, I thought this game is the argument that the NFC shouldn't get a playoff berth because the Eagles looked like trash. I know that they ended up winning, uh, but Zach Ertz basically saved their season. Boston Scott had a huge, huge game, and, and they finally figured out that, hey, we don't have anybody to throw to. We've got to throw these short little passes to Boston Scott so that Carson Wentz doesn't get murdered. And, uh, you know, Zach Ertz was the only person getting open downfield. So it was just – it was a crazy game and everything I would have expected from two NFC East teams playing on a Monday night. I think we're
4: underselling – or Breach and Wilson kind of underselling a little bit just how bad this game was. Like this was – I compared it to baby racing. This was okay, but this is like babies,
3: babies pooping their diapers, Sean.
4: That's that's better. Pooping their diapers while they're playing basketball on a court that no one is watching or no one wants to watch. This game was so bad. The Eagles, for some reason, entered this game with three active wide receivers. And look, I know they have a lot of injuries, but I just don't think you can go into a game with only three active wide receivers. You have to sign somebody, a body or whatever. They you lose can't out to from- the Giants. They lose Alshon Jeffrey early in the second quarter. They're down to two wide receivers. Later in the game, they had one active wide receiver in the game as they're trying to mount a comeback against the Giants. This game was so bad that in a game with Miles Sanders, J.J., Saquon Barkley, former, you know, good running backs are not all, like some of them are still good. It was, as Breach said, Boston Scott, a former six-round pick of the Saints, who was the best running back in this game. This game was so bad, you had the Giants dialing up on third and long a perfect flea flicker that the protection is so bad that the perfect flea flicker results in a little shovel pass to Saquon Barkley, two yards behind the line of scrimmage. These two teams are terrible. Stop putting the NFC East on primetime. I don't want to watch these games. I can't believe it went to overtime. Uh, and the only silver lining is in, Sean's in, big milk take of the week. No
1: NFC East on primetime.
4: <laughs> Alleged first ballot Hall of Famer Eli Manning. Now it's below 500 in his career at 116, 117, and zero. You
2: hate uh, to see it.
1: You I hate can't believe, to see it. I can't
2: what? believe Sean didn't mention this as his super great thing to come out of this game. I, I joked on Twitter, Sean has maybe one or two good tweets a year, tops. What him came out of this game? He tweeted, uh, if Game of Thrones finale had aired immediately after this game, everyone would have loved it. And that's the truest thing <laughs> ever said. And props to Sean for finally saying something funny.
1: By the way, for the first time in their 87 year rivalry, the Eagles now lead the head to head with the Giants 86, 85 and two. Isn't it fitting that Eli Manning is falls below 500 and tilts the Eagles to above 500 in a game where look, Eli didn't play that well, but he's a, you know, he's a 38 year old benched quarterback who came in in a tough spot on the road with a a marginal talent surrounding him. Um, a lot of injuries, a bad offensive line against a desperate Eagles team. And he threw the ball in the air, uh, in the first half and like, and, (laughs) and the Eagles decided not to cover Darius. I I don't want to dog on Eli. Like it was, it was kind of cool. And I, I'm not the, I'm not the big, I'm obviously not the, biggest Eli supporter in the entire world. But I, I did find I, I always liked the Manning brothers and the Manning family. And so I found it cool that Eli got to pop in there and sort of have a swan song. And frankly, Pat Shermer should be fired. He's a clown. You and, think? He, I mean, he's a clown and a coward. The uh look, Shermer had his team with a 17 to three lead at halftime. The Eagles looked completely and utterly lost. They had they had no answers. Alshon Jeffrey's gone. Lane Johnson's gone. We know when Lane Johnson gets hurt. You know Carson Wentz falls off a cliff. Wentz is getting pressured by the defensive line. Like, uh, I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Leonard Williams put that elbow in his chest that like it it was like it was like it was like he's hopeless it's over he can't get it done and all the Giants had to do was put their foot on the gas and attack vertically one or two or three more times and they were going to get a wide open Sterling Shepard or a wide open Darius Slayton they were going to hit on a deep shot and it was going to snuff out the Eagles hopes and instead Pat Shermer because he's a coward Ran the ball with Saquon Barkley over and over again and tried to have Eli be accurate in short yardage areas where the Eagles cornerbacks could squat on the on the Giants receivers, press them, get physical with them. Eli couldn't get it. couldn't get the ball accurate enough. He needed to have a shot where he could throw it out deep and just let his guys run underneath it. And as a result, they didn't score a single freaking point in the second half. Carson Wentz led. Two drives, one in the third quarter that was pretty good that gave the Eagles some life, a 10 play, 58 yard drive, five and a half minutes, not, not the world's greatest drive, but you get that drive, you get it within seven, and you just really got the feeling at that point in time that the Eagles were going to find a way to win this because the Giants had nothing on offense and were just completely gassed on defense. All in all, you know, the, uh, we saw the, 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 um, the Eagles ran 85 offensive plays. I mean, you got a bad Giants defense in the first place. They had nothing in overtime. They didn't have to tackle
2: it overtime. And that's the thing. The 85 plays is a huge uh, red flag. Basically, um, sort of supporting everything you just said. That Super Bowl when the uh, Falcons were up 24 to 3, what was the score? 28 to 3. 28 to 3. I don't remember the score. (laughs) Well, it's an ass whooping. I know that. The point is that the Falcons. Who were they playing? The Falcons' defense was on the field for 99 plays, Now that defense played really well against the Patriots for the first three and a half quarters, and then things started falling apart. And um, that's the only way you can compare these two games, that they're both football games played in America. Uh, because, uh, But the point is that the Falcons, uh, excuse me, the Giants' defense looked absolutely gassed on that last drive. When they were doing things in the first half that made you think, okay, this isn't the worst team in the world. What, John?
3: Well, I was just going to say, in to talk about how gassed they were, Brinson mentioned that they punted, that the Giants were punting the whole entire second half. They either went three and out or four and out on every single possession. There wasn't one time where they even had a five-play drive. So they literally went bam, 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 punt, or bam, 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 punt. And so you can't do that. That Your defense doesn't get any. Bam, 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 bam. What is a pebbles bam, bam, bam?
2: What does a five and out sound like? What?
3: Did he ask Bam, 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 bam. Oh, a five? Bam, 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 bam.
1: That would be. Bam, bam, bing, bam, bam, punt.
3: It's it's like the friend's clap. I argue about how many claps there are. I just found out that I was wrong. I don't want to talk about it. But, yeah, so you can't have – yeah, see, now Sean's not sure either. Uh, But, yeah, so if you're only on the field three or four plays every single series, your defense is going to be gassed, and they had no chance. And that's why, uh Ryan, you said at the very beginning that Pat Shermer is a wuss for not going for it on fourth down. Your defense had no chance in overtime. Zero chance. Absolutely should have gone for it. There had nothing to lose.
1: And – Let's not forget, too, that, like, I mean, this is just two I mean, Doug Peterson has had an okay season, I think. I think Doug Peterson's a good coach. He, this has not been his, you know, uh, masterpiece, the 2019. It's season to okay win season. with no players, players, players. I agree. I agree. Players, players, players. Um, unless you're like. All- I don't know what's happening there with the sound. It sounded like a remix. Yeah, players, (laughs) players, players. players.
3: Wilson, Wilson, Wilson.
1: Brian Wilson here to tell you about the players, players, players. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) Can we cut this, um, (laughs) Evo? Once, once in the in the first half, Doug Peterson sent his um. He sent his punt team out, and Pat Shermer sends out the punt return team. And then Doug Peterson, sprints the offense back out there. And Shermer's like standing there, like, huh? <laughs> what? You can what? What is he doing? This is insanity. You can't sprint your offense back out there. And and Doug just played chicken with him. And finally Shermer begrudgingly called timeout, knowing he'd been de pantsed in front of the entire cafeteria. Like just you know, he's just standing there in his boxers. Everybody's looking at him, laughing. He's like, Fine, I'll call time out. And then to make matters worse, in the second half, with 47 seconds left, Doug Peterson leaves his offense out there on that fourth down and acts like he's going to go for it. So Shermer doesn't call timeout, and then once it gets down to 17 seconds, Peterson calls timeout, sends his punt team out there, and basically killed any chance that Shermer would have had to, to get the ball back and try to make a run. And like that's Petrone was just playing not to lose the entire second half. Uh, the Eagles were a great live bet. If anytime you fade the Giants for the rest of the year, uh, do it. And yeah, he called the timeout at 17 seconds, right? Um, and just, you know, look, it sucks because that could have been a cool win for Eli, but it's great for the giant, great for the Eagles, I guess. Do you, how do you evaluate Sean Carson Wentz given the weather, you know, having to face a, a, an elite quarterback like Eli, missing all of his weapons, losing Lane Johnson, et cetera?
4: It's not all his fault. I think that's the way you got to preface it. But it's certainly I think he shoulders as part of the blame. And I think there's moments in not just this game, but they've been banged up for most of the year. So like in every single game, but in the easy excuses, who is he throwing to? And look at all these drops, which is true. What was the game a couple of weeks weeks ago on fourth down? He throws this brilliant pass off his back shoulder, off his back foot that Nelson Aguilar drops in the back of the end zone. That would have resulted, I think, in a tie or a win late. So it's not saying he's bad. But I think he has taken a step back, and there's something noticeably wrong with him. He just seems off, and it's it's outside the pocket where he used to create magic. Uh, And this is every week, and again, it's not entirely his fault. The offensive line's picked up. He has no one to throw to. But the problem is that you start looking at the contract, and they need to get it figured out with him because they don't want to find themselves in the same situation the Rams find themselves in that we talk a lot more about, which is... They're stuck with this quarterback for the next three four years who might not be that good. I don't want to go there with Wentz. Um, I think he's probably been a bit better, more consistent than Goth throughout his career. But then you add in his injury issues over the years, and you add in declining production this year. And I think you are absolutely concerned uh, about the long – not not this year because, look, they might win the NFC East. They very much are alive. But I think no one thinks they're going to win a playoff game. So this is all about the long term. You think they're going to win a playoff game, Britson?
1: Uh, probably not, but I mean, like. It's a bold I mean,
3: statement from a guy who cheers for the Bears. Okay. Oh, the Bears aren't going to be in the playoffs. Well, I'm talking about last season and the Eagles. Remember who yeah. they beat? I mean, uh, the, I, I'm aware. I mean, I, think I don't, I I don't
1: think they're going to win a playoff game, but if like, if like, I mean, let's see what happens to Lane Johnson and Alshon Jeffrey and if they can get those guys back and they got Ertz and Goddard and I, I wouldn't put it past the Eagles with that coaching staff to be able to figure out a way to steal a playoff game. Um, well, I home. mean,
3: if they play the Packers, they already beat the Packers once this season, so let's not pretend yeah. like there's no one in the playoff field they can't beat.
1: If the it, Eagles are six point dogs to the Packers in the playoffs, I'll take the Eagles all day.
3: I actually think the Packers are the only team the Eagles could conceivably beat. They could the beat, the
1: Vi- beat the Vikings.
3: Uh the Vikings beat them thirty eight to twenty and that, that was they got pommeled, man.
2: This team just lost to the Dolphins. Close your ears for a second, Debo. <laughs> and they should have lost to the packers So don't act like they're gonna they're the 2017
1: maybe they'll maybe they'll maybe they'll drive down to jacksonville and steal nick falls back
2: yeah this is the time of year you want them you call I mean, up just,
1: like, call mean, one. Like, the, look, the eagles could be, the eagles could beat the seahawks vikings or packers i don't think that's unreasonable yeah, Okay, i don't think i don't, think, I, don't think, I it's not i mean i think the 49ers would
3: beat them by 50 i think the Saints will probably beat them by a ton. I think they could beat the Seahawks because the Seahawks don't have that high power. They, I mean, the Seahawks only beat them seventeen to nine a few weeks ago. So there's a couple teams that I do think the Eagles could beat. They'll have them at home. It's not that far fetched. I don't think they would pass the wild card round. That was
4: for the record though. That seventeen to nine game was a seventeen to three game, and then with twenty seconds left, Carson Wentz threw a touchdown pass. So that was a little bit more of a blowout than seventeen to nine.
1: Somebody just got dunked on. I, I don't think it's insane that they would beat the 49ers, honestly. Will you stop it? What are you doing? The 49ers, need <laughs> to run the ball, and the Eagles have to run the ball. Is people mad at you defense? about something? You're trying to make it up to them? <laughs> no, I mean, I, just, I mean, like, you're just acting like it, it, it just can't happen. This is not, this is not like the, this is not like the, the Dolphins getting, hosting well, a playoff
2: it- game like the Dolphins they just lost to the Dolphins <laughs>
1: and, and let's not forget
3: that every seven win team that's ever made the playoffs has won a playoff game fun yeah, fact it this it's just Thanks. crazy
1: First. that you're saying they like the home uh, team hosting a playoff game can't win the playoff game like they have the necessary pieces Wait,
2: let me ask you this so if the let's say the 49ers fall to the five seed or whatever and they end up playing the the uh they somehow end up playing the the uh, eagles if they play a hundred times who's winning that game
1: well, they wouldn't play a hundred times. That's the whole point of it. They only play once. I'm tr- yes, but you you want to have probabilities,
2: and that's how you sort of figure out. That's how they make lines and how do all these things that you do for a living. Yeah, so, no, I'm I'm,
1: I'm, a, I'm aware, but my the point I think the point Breach and I are making is that it's it is the randomness of the single game that makes it very possible that the Eagles could win the play. I'm asking, what are the chances they win the game, uh, Doctor Samantha?
3: It's not zero percent. I mean, that's the sure, bottom line. I'm asking oh. you what it
1: is. What is it? I'd say thirty percent. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, nice. I
4: see. I, I say like it's between five and ten percent.
1: Okay, but again, you just said there's no chance they can win a playoff. Okay, when I, again, Brenton, when we say this, I'm aware it's a single elimination
4: and weird things happen in football. I'm not saying this is guaranteed. I'm saying that if they come to the playoff game, I'm not picking them to beat any other team in the NFC in the playoffs. And I would, I would guess there's a ninety percent chance they lose that game. So right. Packers, Packers
3: at Eagles first round, you're
1: 100% taking the Packers. No, I just it's, said I would not take
4: I'm not, I just said it's I would not be,
1: take 100%. It's be I would so awesome when like, we're like firing up to do the podcast, and uh, after the Eagles beat the Packers in this wild card round. And i will like be happy,
0: it's,
1: by the way. No, 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 Sean's like, and Sean's like, what, where is Debo? And he pops out of that, wind, like that room behind Sean. He's like, you got dunked on. <laughs> like, like flies out to Oakland to dunk on Sean. In no, the
2: Packers is one thing, but Brenton, you said, I could see the Eagles beating the 49ers and that's crazy talk. I don't
1: think it's a great matchup for them.
3: Okay. I mean, yeah, that's kind of crazy. I, mean, I, mean, <laughs> I can't back
1: you okay, up on that. let okay. I mean, look, the, the Eagles have a good defensive line Whoa. and they stop the run. Well, and the That's hilarious the thing is
2: Slayton and Eli Manning today.
1: Can I, get pressure? I can't you? hear
2: you. Something must happen to your mic.
1: I mean, like you, we look, one of those teams that Eli won the Super Bowl with had uh-huh. gar- had a garbage secondary, and they just got hot in the playoffs. It, it happens all the time. All the time? It happens pretty frequently. Didn't you have a Steelers team that was a wild card that made it
2: run? 2005. Asked asked uh, Breach how that worked out for the Bengals.
3: Uh, That's too soon to bring up, Ryan. I thought we agreed we're not talking about that ever again. Well, what was the Steelers' record that year, though? Like we're talking about and five.
4: exactly, and like even when the Packers won that Super Bowl, they were still ten and six when they entered the playoffs. These well, were two teams. What? This Debo. is going to be a seven and you know nine team making the Well, play. and I
3: already said it. There have been two seven seven win teams, and they both won a playoff game because you get to play at home, which is a huge advantage in the postseason. Uh, How do you gonna let me, go against let me, let me science? Me apologize.
4: Let me apologize. 2-0. I should not have said. They're not winning a playoff game. I should have said they are probably not winning a playoff
2: game. <laughs> there you go. I'm sorry. Semantics.
1: That that's helpful, Debo. Where do you stand on this argument?
2: I mean, I'm probably a biased person to ask. Ooh. I mean, I, I'm gonna. Feel you are like
1: wearing an Eagles jersey. <laughs> <so that's laughs>
2: if, if we're in the playoffs, then I'm gonna have some semblance of hope. But I agree that it's probably very unlikely. Like, I recognize this team's faults. A six and seven team making the playoffs there's going to be false hope associated with this season no matter what happens because of how bad the NFC East is. But a is the person I want on the plane with me when the plane's going down because he is so optimistic, hey, don't worry, he'll be okay. <laughs> don't worry me, I, I should not feel good me. right now, but I feel elated after
4: that win. What I feel about, fantastic. What about, what about this question? Who do, who do you think is winning the NFC East? I, think, I mean, that's a much more interesting question to me than oh, yeah. can this team win a playoff game. Like we can save that for January when these teams get in. I still think the Cowboys are making the playoffs, and maybe that's—it's uh, crazy to like pick the Cowboys, and I would not go as far as like say it's automatic and it's for sure happening. But I would still rather have the Cowboys. I think they have worse coaching, but the fact that they are a team that is much more talented and much more healthy, which is probably more important, I would rather have them. And Dak is playing better than than once this entire season.
1: I think the Rams are going to beat the Cowboys this weekend, so that sort of throws a wrench in it, right? Or yeah, is the, the
2: Eagles have an easier. Path, I feel like.
1: Let's say the Cowboys are gonna all right, so let's say the Cowboys go one and one and the Eagles go two and oh in their non games, then what are we then it's still I guess it still comes out of week sixteen, right?
3: No, right. if the Eagles if the Eagles win their next how many games they left? Three? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if the Eagles win their next the Eagles could lose to the Cowboys and still get in.
1: Are you sure about that?
3: Yeah, cause the Cowboys could go one and two. The lose to the Rams.
1: Yeah. But then they lose, not,
3: okay, lose I mean, to the Redskins. They'd have to lose to the Redskins in the finale. But I mean, it's possible.
1: Yeah. yeah they but they I, will go. I'm but I mean, the, the most likely outcome, even if the Cowboys lose this weekend, that's, that's the other reason I like the Rams this weekend. This game, it's like, I mean, it matters to the Cowboys, but like not really. Like if, if you've got somebody who's all, like, if Tyron Smith is like, and I'm not saying he is, I'm just saying if Tyron Smith or Cooper Cooper's dealing with a foot injury, you should sit them against the Rams and make sure that they are healthy against the Eagles because that is a much more – if you beat the Eagles, you are probably getting into the playoffs even if you lose to L.A.
3: Brenton, it's hilarious you said that because I literally was thinking during this game, watching Wayne Johnson go down, watching Alshon Jeffrey go down. I was in my head thinking, if I'm Doug Peterson, I just bench everyone like it's week 17. I know it's only going to be week 15, but I leave everyone. I say, guys, get healthy. I need you healthy for that Cowboys game in week 16. No one's playing. Uh, we'll go out and so- – we'll get – some backup quarterback off the bench to sign for – who's the backup? Sudfeld? Yeah. Josh McCown. Yeah. So we got McCown and Sudfeld. Those guys are playing. Carson, you have two weeks to heal. Uh, I'd bench everyone in week 15. I don't think that's crazy. That would
2: have been fun.
0: It's
2: crazy. Um, yeah. Hey, I have a compromise for the Eli Manning Hall of Fame conversation. Now that the, uh, the Eagles have taken the all-time lead, and I think Eli's career record is now 116 and 117, I believe. So if he's going to get in the Hall of Fame, I think his Hall of Fame speech guy has to be David Akers. And that way, everyone wins. Remember yep. the draft? David Akers at the draft going off in Dallas?
1: Yeah, i get down for that.
4: that
3: he's definitely looking. getting into the Hall of Fame. I'm always down for a kicker giving any sort of speech, so of course I'm down for that.
1: Uh, how many how many games do you think Eli plays the rest of the season? All of them. Oh, Yeah. It, well, they brought Saquon Barkley back early from a high ankle sprain. He hadn't been the same. So, I mean, he was averaging 7.8 yards per carry before the high ankle sprain, and now he's averaging 3.04 yards per carry.
2: He looked fine out there. He wasn't limping around or anything. I, but I
1: wouldn't say he looked fine. He
2: looked okay.
3: Well, you also look said are going to be 49ers. There's literally yeah. no reason to risk injury to your franchise quarterback. You just you yeah. let, you I mean, Saquon,
1: the Saquon, Saquon and Daniel Jones are both sit out the rest of the year, honestly. Like, it, you're, the season's over. Like stop running them out there with high ankle sprain. That's well. Really I
2: mean, st- if David if David Jones is healthy, he needs to play. So I would let Daniel, him go
1: out there. Daniel, Daniel Jones, sorry. I
3: don't Daniel. know. Give Ui his farewell tour. You have two home games left, and don't put your quarterback out there unless he's 100. percent I don't think he's going to be 100 yeah. percent before the season's over.
1: Okay, if he's not 100, percent I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, his high like I mean Saquon played fine. He's fighting, through but he's fighting through it. Like clearly, like he he's not as explosive as he was. Before the high ankle coast win. We all agree. Is that clear? I mean, he, he looked pretty explosive tonight.
2: Eh, I don't think he's looking that The good. team sucks. I don't so think yeah, he looks yeah, I mean, that the no re- Look, they're a two win team. Who cares? I'm, it's not worth talking <laughs> about. Let all him right.
1: rest. Well, let's talk about a 10 win team. The New England Patriots. Sean <laughs> Breach, this is your personal, uh, book of Eli. Oh, nice. The Book of Eli. One chapter left to be written. What could it? Uh, and the, the 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 Eagles have one. All right, moving along. Um, the, the uh, you said you tweeted out something that got got you in a lot of hot water with Pat's fans. Can you? And you, you know, I know that this is sort of your thing. You like controversies. You like the Patriots. You like page views. Uh, give us the uh, the quick and dirty rundown of exactly what's happening. I talked to JJ about it before, but that, that'll come up after the thing. Um, the Patriots have been caught filming the Bengals, right?
3: That is correct, and no one knew about this except for the Bengals' employees. Zach Taylor has press conference, and someone, Dave Lapham, the Bengals' radio guy, so he was up in that press box in Cleveland, and Lapham on Monday asked Zach Taylor, hey, man, was there something fishy going on with the Patriots? Taylor was so vague, and everybody it just raised eyebrows from everyone who heard it or saw it when he said, uh, eh, I'm not going to worry about it, but the league's investigating. Investigating what? Oh, the Patriots might have been videotaping the Bengals. So it got really weird. And so obviously you have one faction of people, Patriots fans. Give the full – we'll
1: give the full rundown. Like there's – I just want to make sure we get the facts to all the listeners. Like there is – there was a cameraman who was videotaping. There's a a Bengals employee, saw a cameraman in Patriots gear videotaping down in the field. And look – uh, I, you see a guy in a Patriots gear and there's not a Patriots game going on and you're playing the Patriots next week. You, you sort of get a little bit of red flags there, right? Like that raises some, some questions. And the guy was apparently, this is according to Diana Rossini of ESPN um, was watching the monitor and kept seeing Bengals coaches being part of the film. So he went and told Bengals PR and this is like a guy who just works on the field. Bengals PR goes and gets security. They get the guy Apparently. And then at this point, the guy's like offering to like delete the film and forget everything, which is a very bizarre. That's another red flag. Like that's another, that's the biggest red flag. He's like, if we just delete this all and pretend it never happened, that'd be great. (laughs) Um, and then the, the Bengals tell the NFL, the NFL is investigating and taking a back breach.
3: And so now you have everyone wondering, well, what did happen? Did the Patriots purposely film the Bengals because they were trying to get a leg up in the competition? Which isn't crazy because we all know what happened in 2007 with Spygate. It is something that absolutely happened that the Patriots filmed someone, and they got punished for it. They lost a first-round pick. Bill Belichick got fined $500,000. And so in this situation, you have Patriots fans screaming that, ah, it's just we're doing our job. Uh, there were immediately reports from multiple national reporters saying that the Patriots had a film crew at the stadium because they were filming a documentary, a behind-the-scenes documentary about their pro personnel scout, and basically they were doing a day in the life of an advanced scout, a guy who looks at the next opponent, goes to the game, and, and looks at everything that's going on. It's called.
1: So- do your job. And they do it on various members of the Patriots. It's been it's been happening for a while. And the, this was on the advanced scout of the Bengals game. Right. There are seven
3: prior episodes. This presumably would have been the eighth episode, um, except like Brinson said, bringing a camera up into the press box and filming the field is a no, no. And the initial report said that the Patriots were not filming the field, that they were filming only their employee and only within the confines of the press box. Well, whoop de doo what happens at 10.30 at night? The Patriots release a statement saying, we're guilty, we did it, our three-man crew was illegally filming the field, we broke NFL policy, but there was a huge catch with their statement. They said, this: these were all independent contractors, they didn't know league rules, so yes, it was kind of our fault, but it really wasn't because we didn't tell these guys what to do. So they admitted to breaking league rules without Taking response. I mean, they took responsibility, but go ahead, Sean. The,
4: the, the they were basically trying to say we broke the rules, but we weren't trying to. There was no like malice involved. It was a purely an accident. And I believe they turned over all the footage to the NFL. The thing I always keep coming back to when this news broke originally, and it, and it kind of broke in that weird way where Zach Taylor was answering these questions. And you're like, wait a minute, like Spygate part two, like what is the reason why I don't want to blame the Patriots about this is why would they feel the need? to film the Bengals. Like, they could beat the Bengals if they went out there on the field and suddenly blindfolded. And the only thing this news... I'll let Breach... Breach, you can have your defense in a second. The only thing I'll say is that with this thing breaking, I just gotta say, Patriots are favored by nine and a half. I'm taking the Patriots win by, like, 500. With <laughs> this controversy out there now, they are just gonna... Slam Eddie Dalton turf. They are gonna re- re- run up the score because they are now gonna be mad that this is turned into a big story.
3: Well, I would say they can't win by 500 because their offense can't score that much, Sean. So more like 25. That's about all their offense. <laughs> okay. It'll be it'll be 25 to nothing. But so but the other part of that, the reverse theory of why would they film the one and eleven or one and twelve Bengals is because maybe they're filming all the teams. Maybe this isn't different. That would be like the ulterior, the opposite to what you're saying. Um, so I guarantee that any team that's playing the Patriots is going to be scouring their press procs for the next few weeks. You get to the playoffs, they're playing the Ravens. I'm sure that John Harbaugh have that press box shut down so that, uh, no advanced scouts can show up in
1: there. Uh, so it is, I think it's a dicey situation. Well, Bill Belichick was asked about it. He was on WEEI earlier in the afternoon. This before the Patriots released their statement. Is everybody sort of scrambling? And again, like that's a good point, Breach. You could tell, like the, the, you, I mean, look, you can sort of see which way the wind blows here. Like the Bengals, we hear from like Paul Daner Jr. That it's the Bengal It's like this weird videotaping thing. You're kind of like, ah, come on. Like the, like the Patriots are videotaping the Bengals. And then like immediately national reporters are like blitzing out like the Patriots didn't do anything wrong. It's just recording like da-da-da-da-da. And Belichick goes on radio and uh had uh this to say. Um, this story out of Cincinnati, which is crazy. Bengals source telling the uh, Cincinnati Enquirer uh, they dealing in this last week's game in uh, in Cleveland. Do you have a comment?
5: Yeah, I heard about this, and um, you know, evidently this is uh, our production people on the TV show that were there, um, and we I have absolutely nothing to do. We have absolutely nothing to do with anything that they produce, direct, or or shoot or anything. I've never even seen any of their tapes or anything else. So this is something that we 100% have zero involvement with. This is something that you'd have to talk to the the production people about or what they were doing or whatever it was.
1: So was this your advance?
5: We've never seen anything that they've shot other than what's going to been on TV.
1: (laughs) I love when Bill Belichick gets in a little bit of hot water these days. Like, like, he did the same thing with, like, with, like, the flake gate. He gets up there, he's, like, very earnest. He's like, oh, listen, hey, fellas, fellas. Like, that. Nah, we don't know anything about that. I can give you a full statement as to my whereabouts on the night of December 8th, 2019. <laughs> and trust me. You know, this is, uh, this is just another misunderstanding in the long lore of the Patriots. You know how it is. Um, you cut up the part it, where he finished and said, uh,
2: no quid pro quo. it's it's all about
3: plausible
1: deniability uh by the patriots and the the patriots noted they said in their statement they said um we did send somebody there a three-person video crew to the bingles browns game at first energy stadium while we saw them were granted credentials at credentialed access from the cleveland browns to the video crew our failure to inform the Bengals in the league was an unintended oversight in addition to filming the scout, the production crew, without specific knowledge of league rules, inappropriately filmed the field from the press box. The sole purpose of the filming was to provide an illustration of an advanced scout at work on the road. There was no intention of using the footage for any other purpose. We understand and acknowledge our video crew, which included independent contractors who shot the video, unknowingly violated a league policy by filming the field and sideline from the press box. When questioned, the crew immediately turned over the footage to the league and cooperated fully.
3: Okay, here's my problem with Belichick saying he knew nothing. If your advanced scout, who are you are going to talk to because you want his advanced notes that he got from this game, uh, so you're going to talk to him eventually. That is not going to be reported to you on Sunday that your advanced scout got held up as part of an investigation at an NFL stadium. That wouldn't make its way to Belichick by Sunday night.
1: You, no, no, I don't think so. Not not with the, not with him playing on Sunday afternoon. I, I, I no, I would once just...
3: the game's over, you do not think in the following hours that he heard. You, that the team's being investigated. The team's, being investigated. the team's being investigated.
1: Bill Belichick is embarrassed at home by the Chiefs, and someone's going to run up and be like, "Hey, Bill, uh FYI, uh Stevie Stevie uh, Blashden from from uh, down in Southie got caught in uh, Cleveland with a videotape." Like, no, I'm not going to go tell him that. I'll wait till Monday well, morning. If he, uh, then they you're did that
4: guy. It. Go, Ryan. I,
1: uh, uh, I'm, with, I'm with Breach.
4: Yeah, they, they definitely. Well, even told if they
1: him. even if they did tell
2: Belichick, he ain't going to tell the guy on the radio that. just like, no, I didn't know anything about it. Why does it matter if he knew about it last night or knew about it today?
3: Because it ma because he said he didn't know anything about it. So why yeah. why not just he could have said you know what I found out yesterday. If you're going to tell the either tell the truth or don't tell the truth, you know. So and and if he's not telling the truth about that, then what's he telling the truth about? That's all, oh, Ryan. on my parents. Settle down, Pop. <laughs> got my tin foil hat on. I will say you can't that, spy on the bangles expecting look, not to put the tin foil hat on. I will say
1: on. that like the cynic in me definitely looks at this and says this is an incredible loophole that the Patriots could have been exploiting for the past 12 months where like, you're like, you're like, we have just a new, new, uh new, like, cause you tell the team you're playing, you're like, Hey, we want a credential and we're going to shoot this. Um, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. On the other hand, like, are you really gaining that much by filming the Bengals coaches from the press box in the game? Cause you can watch the coaches on the all 22. Yeah. But but that's not, not, not as zoomed in. Obviously it's not the same thing, but like, also, I, I, do you I, remember, um, earlier, late September, week four, when Sean
2: McDermott flipped out about the two Patriots coaches on the sidelines before the game, being on the wrong side of the field, and everyone was like, ah, oh, he's just overreacting.
1: Yeah. It was Steve's well, son. It was Bill's son, Steve.
2: To what you were saying,
4: Britton, Jeff Schwartz, who played in the NFL for a long time, tweeted that. I'm not sure what the Patriots were to gain from videotaping the Bengals unless they had audio of them actually talking about the individual plays as they were making adjustments on the sidelines. There are no signals anymore. So that's the other thing that makes yeah. me, in addition to it being the Bengals, no offense Breach, but it's like the how much are they actually gaining by trying to do this when they know that if they do get caught because they've already been caught before, that the punishment will probably be more severe and it will sully their um, reputation even more.
3: Well, uh, if, you, if I, I... wait, to Sean's point, if you've already been caught before, how are you not? covering all your bases literally in the statement it said oh we overlooked we forgot to tell the nfl about this when you have to tell the nfl i mean that's a huge oversight if you're not looking to get caught
1: i i don't know that you do have to tell the nfl i think that you're probably fine like i think like in
2: john's point is that you should do it if you've been caught before just to cover your bases, to make it look like you're not up to something that you shouldn't be up.
3: This to. is like if you have a parole officer and you're not supposed to maybe leave the country, but you have to go to a funeral outside the country. You probably should call them and tell them that's not self. That's not my own very story. Specific, that's, by the it's, way,
1: it's, <laughs> it's, it's very specific. Uh, I, I do. I do think that it is worth noting. Like you guys have, you guys are talent. You've been on some. Uh, you've been on some shoots, some video shoots. You've been on location for CBS with stuff, you know, sometimes not everything runs smoothly and isn't perfectly organized. So I would just suggest that like, maybe this is the, a
2: two man operation. They didn't have 50 people there with
1: it's, cameras. You hired three outside camera guys and you're like letting them loose. Like some guys just like running around the, I mean, like running around the press box, filming stuff. I, I, I can see both sides. I'll tell you this. If I'm John Harbaugh though, I am first thing probably Monday night, definitely Tuesday morning. I'm calling my media guy like hey could you bring me the uh the list of accredited media members who were at the uh Ravens Patriots game on that Sunday night just want to take a look see at it and see uh see who is here as part of patriots.com because I would like to know and if I'm any other team that's hosted the Patriots I'm checking out or I'm checking the game before and I'm trying to find out I'm just seeing at what point the Patriots have visited my stadium it is like the the Browns by the way if you're the Browns, you need to alert the Bengals, right? You just I said mean, that the Patriots didn't need to tell anybody. No, 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 I think the Patriots should have. I'm not saying I don't know if they're required by rule to alert the Bengals. Listen, it,
2: it, man, Freddie Kitchens has got enough stuff to worry about. <laughs> Other than trying to alert other teams about what other teams are doing in the press box, I,
1: I mean, I'm just saying, like the Patriots weren't the Patriots weren't playing in the game. And if you know that the Patriots are playing the Bengals next week, or you have an inkling they might be playing, you should do somebody a solid, and say, "Hey, FYI." You think Freddie
2: Kitchens knows who who the Browns are playing next week? <laughs> no, there's a lot going on, man. Give him a break.
1: I bet he didn't know they were playing the Bengals until he walked on the yeah. field. Yeah. Why, both, why, why, are we, why are we both in orange? This is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> bunch of sardines out here flopping around a can what are you talking about Freddie? Talking I, I don't coach penalties
3: here's my question about this situation is that the patriots have literally admitted to violating nfl policy and, and you know spygate is not it, it happened so long ago but this is kind of a second strike like it, it is not the same thing it's not the same thing but if you would do you think they'll be punished is where i'm going with this
1: any uh, type of I, a fine anything They will probably get fined, yeah.
2: Here's the thing. It's so hard to tell. Like, you didn't even mention Deflategate because everyone – even people that hate the Patriots say that was a complete and utter farce. Yeah, it's fake. But Tom Brady got suspended four games for that. So, I mean, they could execute Bill Belichick. You you just don't know what the punishment's going (laughs) to be. Let's go to Al (laughs) Riveron. Yeah, Al Riveron will be out there with a rifle and accidentally shoot himself in the face.
3: (laughs) Oh, God, Ryan.
4: Yeah, like we don't trust the NFL to actually like appropriately punish the Patriots for this mistake. To, to Ryan's point, like it, like I think it'll be a fine, but would it be that shocking if the NFL was like, "Oh, we're gonna dock them a fourth round pick"?
1: Uh, no, and it was, and frankly, it wouldn't be shocking. If the NFL was like, we've concluded our investigation; they did nothing wrong. Moving along. Yeah, I mean, I and think the-, the NFL would prefer that. Although the NFL might like a little juicy. The little December, pay, the, the NFL does not mind December Patriots drama because like that is getting people hot and bothered out, online. People are talking about nothing but the NFL. I don't know. They, they, I don't think the NFL minds this.
3: The only thing I want to see absolutely next week is after the game, after the Patriots win forty-one to three. I want Zach Taylor to go into his press conference, act pissed off, and be like, "The only reason they beat us is because they cheated and they filmed us." And it would have never happened and act completely serious and, and that would completely bring this thing full circle.
1: See, I want Tom Brady to score a rushing touchdown and run around the end zone going like this, like with a, like a little camcorder, <laughs> like holding up a, a fake camcorder to his eye and acting like he's filming everybody. That'd be even better. Um,
2: what if the, uh, I, what yeah. if the NFL actually awards the Bengals the victory? The Bengals. Now have two wins and they lose the first overall pick of Joe Burrow. All because Breach wouldn't shut up about this thing and he's stuck with a team that has Ryan Finley for the next 15.
1: Breach, Breach did have a good point. This is the tweet that got Breach yelled at by a bunch of Patriots fans, but like the report from Spygate was that Patriots, the people involved had been instructed if they were caught to be like, I'm filming something for the team website, which is, like, I mean, like, do they, do we, did anybody look on Patriots.com to see if there is a do your job series? Do we just assume that's true? I found yeah, one of them.
3: They, a bunch of them I think. Yeah, yeah, they did. I saw one on looking at, uh, draft prospects, which the Bengals could probably stand to watch, to be honest. So <laughs> maybe the Bengals should go on Patriots.com. I think one of the funniest things I saw today is that, uh, you know, this whole thing was about a Patriots advanced scout and the Bengals got suspicious because they didn't know what an advanced scout was. <laughs> 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 that is really good.
1: So do we, um, do I mean? Do we think that like, I need to, I need to kind of watch these because like, I'm curious, like, is it po- see, this is, this is the only thing that gets me. If it, only this were like the Chiefs or the Texans or the Ravens or the Colts, like I said, the Colts. Well, Bruce just did. told you, he, they, it could be a-
2: sorry for the feedback, but it could be a history of things.
1: No, but I'm saying like, it would be so amazing if the Patriots long con was to like, do seven like video like stories about like employees who do their job on a day-to-day basis also they can get inside information about the Ravens and film the Ravens coaching staff for the AFC Championship game but then that whole thing is blown up that whole conspiracy theory is blown up because it's a stinking Bengals and they're not cheating to beat the Bengals they're just going to do what dumb coaches won't do which is run outside zone runs and they're going to beat the Bengals by 100 points because the Bengals are trash Andy Dalton sucks and they can't beat anybody I mean, like, half that was true.
2: I mean, if you think the 49ers are going to lose to the Eagles, then the Bengals very easily could beat the Patriots this weekend.
1: Bengals could beat the Patriots this weekend. The Patriots aren't that good.
3: They're not. I'm going to be in Vegas, and I'm betting against the Bengals. That is how
1: not <laughs> confident.
3: I, yeah, that's where we are with the Bengals sad
1: season. Put a money line, money line sprinkle on the Bengals.
3: No, I'm not putting anything on the Bengals.
1: The Bengals' strengths actually line up against the Patriots' weaknesses. They can run the ball. You in the please jersey? shut up. I'm getting angry with your trolling.
4: He he likes to talk himself into these things. It's the like Patriots... you know, the Jets are making a playoff push, the Broncos are making a play. he like he, he was killing the Joe Flacco trade to Denver for like months, and then all of a sudden he decided like, Oh, you know what? Mahomes is gonna regress and the bron and Joe Flacco, sneaky good, underrated. This Can is I what kill the Joe does. Flacco does. Everyone killed it. Okay. They, everyone has killed it from you start did. to finish, except you and Wilson briefly deviated along with you, but that luckily he point. jumped. He uh, no, jumped no, no. Off I did, the ship I did say
1: quickly. that getting a fourth round pick was a bit of a steal for Joe Flacken, I think. <laughs> um, oh, no! you're right. I do have a subhead here. What were the Broncos thinking when I wrote the story <laughs> on the piece? So I may have, I may have killed them for that.
3: Um. Oh, and real quick, here's a few of the Patriots. So that whole scout thing, they were videoing for a do your job trailer. I'm using air quotes. The subjects they had covered so far were the equipment staff, their athletic training staff.
1: They they covered the equipment staff before the Chiefs came.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They didn't really do that. but Uh, The athletic training staff was one of them. They did a do-your-job trailer on the Patriots video department, which was probably pretty interesting. We could learn some fascinating things there. They did one on what it takes to feed the Patriots. And then they did one on being a dietitian. So one of them is how much food the Patriots eat. The other one is, like, the healthy, the types of food. Uh, yeah, so that is kind of what we're looking at. And then all of a sudden, this was the first one where they decided to do it on location. All the other ones have been done in Foxborough. Uh, and this one they decided to go to Cleveland.
1: My
4: favorite part of this is that it's given like Bengals fans, they like they were so resigned to their faith that like, they suck going and get the top pick. And now on Twitter they're all like fired up. Like they're they're taking this as like a personal victory. You can't
1: come get us <laughs>
4: I know. They're taking this as like a win. And it's fantastic to watch on Twitter.
1: Yeah. Um uh, all right, that should do it for this. Anything else you guys want to add before we get out of here? Hey, right, you can. Let's uh all right. Fun talk, good times. Let's throw it to uh jonathan jones he and i are going to break down what he saw when he was up in new england okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same
0: old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like Well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions
1: apply. All right, welcome back. Now joining us, first time inaugural spot on the Pick 6 podcast, senior NFL rider, fellow North Carolinian, Tar Heel, unfortunately, right now. Mm. Jonathan Jones. Hey, JJ, when is the – this is the only time I'll be able to say this, probably for the rest of our lives and the entire – Duration that we work at CBS together. When's the last time that um, the Tar Heels lost by double digits on the same day that NC State won by double digits?
5: Yeah, no, that you're right. This is the first time, probably <laughs> ever, you'll be able to what? say that.
1: That <laughs> was I, back in the Big Ten challenge. i just. You know.
5: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been a rough go so far. It's been about as rough as like my voice from traveling in Foxborough and doing these hits on the field for HQ and that cold and like as a North Carolinian. Yeah. Oh boy, it is not treating me well right now.
1: It ain't right, man. Uh well, yeah, exactly. All right, let's uh we don't need to belabor the point about bad basketball teams that no one cares about specifically That's itself. right. Let's uh you can follow Jonathan on Twitter at J Nine. Make sure and watch him on CBS Sports HQ. It's gonna be on every Monday, apparently, through the playoffs in the offseason. Did you know that? I didn't know that.
5: No, thanks for breaking that news to me.
1: <laughs> you were a Chiefs Patzo yesterday, uh, and you wrote that the Patriots are not dead. Give me a silver lining for the New England Patriots coming out of the loss of the Chiefs in Foxborough.
5: Yeah, so if you go back to, first of all, they did not play poorly against the Ravens. The Ravens just played extremely well, right? Yeah. So you, let's look at their three losses. That's their first one. You look at the Texans, absolutely got mashed out in the first half. And really, that wasn't garbage time that they came back. They almost recovered that onside kick. And then we're going to be like, oh, wow. And so, like, the, but Brandon, always, by the
1: way, it wasn't even almost recovered it. Brandon Bolden, if he, like, tips it to the left a little bit, he's right. going to, like, pick it up on the fly and run it in.
5: You can do exactly. that. Right? Yeah. and I mean, yeah, You can.
1: And so people, I think,
5: looked at that as garbage time scores, and I don't view it as that. And then you look at this Chiefs game, and, of course, like, anybody who watched or as by now is listening knows about the officiating. This really should have been a three or four point game there at the end. They had a chance to tie it even at the end. And so the, what I'm, the, the point is that in their three losses against the three elite teams in the AFC, the, the other three elite teams, they've played a solid game where they just got beat by the Ravens. They put together two solid halves out of four against the Chiefs and against the Texans. They just haven't put it all together. And again, that's silver lining. That's Pollyanna. Every Pats fan wants to be undefeated. I get all that. But like, I don't see. While it is an anemic offense, a lot of times I'm not seeing an offense that has absolutely no hope. There is no light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. And I think one of the things too is that, like, I mean, look, Tom Brady's 42. <laughs> he's, he's he's he he doesn't have. And on the final play, I was sort of I got into a Dan Orlovsky on Twitter. I'm curious what you think. He yeah, was you like, did. Did you see? Did you see that?
5: No, I didn't. But I'm just okay. rooting you on because you're my teammate.
1: Oh, thanks. Well, I mean, wouldn't like get into it, it. Was just like, he was he was like, this is Tom Brady being fed up. He's not throwing to Jacoby Myers. He's sick of Jacoby Myers, and this has nothing to do with Jacoby Myers being an NC State guy, by the way. But he's like, he's like Jacoby Myers. He's like, he dropped three balls. He doesn't trust him. I was like, well, I actually, I mean, not to question. You're you a former NFL quarterback. I'm not, and I wouldn't. I'm I'm not saying I can read what's going on here, but like the play on the final play in question, the fourth down, it, to me, it was very clearly designed to get Julian Edelman in single coverage. And to give Tom Brady a look to the end zone to Julian Edelman. But the problem right. is Isaiah Wynn got smoked by Frank Clark in the pass rush. Brady had no time. He had to throw it quickly and Rashad Breeland made a great last play. Like it was just a good football play. I think, I think we're over, I, I, I get it. Tom Brady's frustrated. I get it. But do you think he's like, he's just like fed up and sick and tired of playing with these guys who aren't Julian, who aren't like Wes Welker and Randy Moss and okay. 10 Julian Edelman's? I mean, like where, where do you think he stands on that in reality?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think he understands that he's going to have to deal with this. And yeah. so in the post game press conference, it wasn't dour Tom Brady. It wasn't short and cutting people off. And after two minutes, it's like, okay, guys, like, you know, he did crack a couple smiles. He joked about how we'll be on the injury report this week. I think he understands that this position, this position that they're in as a leader on this team, it probably doesn't help if he continues to give fodder to people like us, uh, throughout the week. And so he, he kind of changed his tune a little bit after that. Also, if the Patriots, and I know it's about Tom Brady, but if the Patriots didn't trust Jacoby Myers, they wouldn't have thrown that halfback pass to Jacoby Myers because that was a right. crucial, crucial play. And I was at it with him at his locker, uh, last night after the game. He said, listen, I appreciated that the coaches were still letting me on the field at that point. He literally said that. So, really? um, yeah. So, you know, the fact that. The, the, that Tom Brady may or may not be looking certain guys' way or whatever. He, he obviously likes Julian Edelman. He obviously trusts James White. After that, it's a bunch of guys. We can all say that and be comfortable and confident in
1: saying that. Jacoby Myers is literally an undrafted free agent rookie. Like, he's, he's not supposed guy. to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a, I mean, like, he, he probably should have been drafted in hindsight. Uh, and he had a great preseason and that raised expectations a little bit. But again, on that final play, if you watch it, it's he settles into the zone to try and draw Tyron Matthew in on him. He he wasn't like yeah. if they wanted if they wanted to get him isolated and give Tom Brady a look to Jacoby Myers, they would have ran him on a full crossing route. And by the way, if they'd done that, he would have had a touchdown because the uh, Breland was following Edelman on the on the corner route. But anyway, I, I just thought that the. It was a little over. Like the Chiefs kind of flipped that game really fast, and I don't know that it. it, I think it was a combination of Tom Brady first. First, they have to punt on their second possession after a march on the first, aided by penalties. Then they get a blocked field goal. Then Tom Brady throws an interception on the first play, and in that same time span, Patrick Mahomes has engineered two, you know, seven-play touchdown drives, right? And The Patriots changed what they did on defense in the second half and it really limited Patrick Mahomes. They, they said, all right, we're not going to play man to man and let you, you know, and just try and guard Tyreek Hill. We're going to sit, we might play man, but we're going to sit back and let and keep everything in front of us. And that changed the, like if they'd done that from the get go, I don't know that the Chiefs are up big and it's a different game. You know what I'm saying?
5: No, absolutely. And this is kind of like the inverse of what happened in the AFC championship game where the Patriots came out against the Chiefs. Uh, at Arrowhead and the Chiefs were not expecting so much man-to-man defense and it fooled Patrick Mahomes at the beginning and then we obviously remember that second half uh, and overtime so it was interesting to see these sort of reversed a little bit so you know I just I believe that these Patriots so long as they beat the Bills in week 16 which I believe that they will but I also believe that that's going to be a, a very good ball game so long as the Patriots beat the Bills they're going to maintain uh, a top two seed. They're going to be able to play in Foxborough, at least for the divisional round. And that will be solid for them. But if they lose to the Bills, Will, and I don't think they're going to do it. But if they do that and then they have to go on the road uh in the wild card, whether it's against the Bills or if they somehow fall to the wild I, card. Which I actually you don't I, think that's going to happen.
1: No, right? no, no, I don't think it will. So they would have to lose. They have to because I did the math on this already, actually, last night. Okay, Thank um, you. Well, yeah, because I was, I was was doing this, I was doing the same thing. I was like, Oh my God, the Bills can still win the division. It would come down to common games. Okay. there's a tie. So the Patriots would have to lose twice, meaning they have to lose to the Bengals, Bills, two or three Bengals, Bills, and Dolphins. Right? Or is it Jets? It's Dolphins, because they beat the Jets with Falk and with Darnold. Yeah. So it's the Dolphins, and it's the Dolphins at home. It's not the Dolphins in Miami with that weird, Miami Club, Voodoo, whatever's like going
5: on over there,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever drugs they put in the water. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I think that they will win two or three worst case, just because of the pass defense and who they're going sure. against. Um, if they don't, then that's a whole different ball game, and and they would have to go on the road. But they they're gonna have a home playoff game. Worst case, one home playoff game, and then they got to go at KC at Baltimore. Now that would be a nightmare. Yep. But it's doable. I mean, they could they could win those games. I think I agree with you. Though. If they can get where they just need two playoff games. You have to get the bye and then you get two playoff games, one at home against some wildcard team that may get beat up in the first round, it could be the Titans, who the hell knows. Um right. and then you just either got you got to go to Baltimore and win one right. game against the Ravens and that's it.
5: And if 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 you're going to win the Super Bowl, okay, so what? You got to go on the road to Baltimore. They had to go on the road to Kansas City, they exactly. did that, but they absolutely have to be at home for the divisional round.
1: And and that's the thing. It's like it's not about Last year, it's the same thing. It wasn't about the Patriots dynasty is crumbling. It's just, okay, this is a difficult set of circumstances. You're going to have to beat a good football team on the road, but you have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and Tom Brady might not look awesome the whole game, but he's got some sack up in him, and he's going to make some drives, and he's probably going to have a chance to win
5: the game. He's got some
1: what up in him? He'll sack up, and he'll go win the game. (laughs) Um, what, uh, What did you make of the refs? Because I screamed about him on the podcast last night. I mean that that was bad, man. That was Bo, bad. Bo,
5: Boger's really bad. So Wait, what? He, he's been really bad, and this really dates back. It dates back a while, but remember, it was the Saints. No, excuse me. It was in the Superdome. It was the Niners Ravens Super Bowl, and Boger's crew got that game, and everyone. And it was also the the referee strike or lockout year. And yeah. Everyone was like that crew. Yeah. And there were, there were rumors and reports that, uh, the NFL had wiped his slate clean and had somehow placed him into that role for reasons unknown. But I remember the, he was the, the ref for the Cam Newton. You're not old enough to get, or no, that was Ed Hockley. Yeah. Uh, but he, he, he got in Cam's face one time, uh, at a game, just a whole bunch of stuff that has always followed Jerome Boger around. And then last night that it was a, a comedy of errors that cannot happen at this level. They they were picking up flags, they weren't marching off ten yards, and they were instead marching off five yards on a hold. They, obviously the Nikhil Harry. There is no real fix to it though, because he's one of the most senior referees that's out there. I would understand it if it was one of these new guys who came in who were filling these gaps for the stereotors uh and, and everyone else who's leaving. But he's a he's an OG almost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's like uh Jeff Triplett when he was botching that Chiefs Titans game. It's like, oh, you gotta retire this guy. Like, he's this isn't some this dude who's, do you think, so the uh, Belichick didn't talk about it and that's just what he's going to do. He's pissed off after a loss. He's going to grumble his way through it. again, look, them doing me good to get fined by the league for complaining about refs when he understands that that's just the situation. Do you think there's a solution out there where, I mean, how would you handle challenges? Because like Belichick maybe shouldn't have cha- challenged a spot. I get it. Um, but to me, it's unfair. It's constant. Was it a
5: two for one? I couldn't tell in the press box Was it a two for one. Like, was it a spot? And then was it also a pass interference?
1: I, that's a good question. I don't think he was going to get PI, but he might. No, no, no. Cause he caught, he caught, he caught them. Oh, he's saying it would have been an OPI.
5: It would have been an OPI because it would have been, uh, within one yard or past one yard.
1: Yeah, the, maybe. I mean, I think, I think he looked at here's the thing. He had two challenges left. And he looked at it and said, okay, it was the second half, right? I'm not, I'm not crazy. It was the second half. And he said, I'm going to challenge this. And I think there's a leverage here where if I can get it to be fourth down, Andy's probably going to punt because Andy's conservative. I'll right. get the ball back. Um, so he challenged it and lost it. It should not be incumbent on Bill Belichick to anticipate two glaring mistakes by the officials. No, but,
5: but, again, that is the NFL today yeah. where these officials and Jerome Boger's crew might make two glaring mistakes. Now, if we want to change this to, you know, you get a third challenge after two successful challenges. I'm okay with you can challenge uh, up till two unsuccessful challenges
1: Ooh, i like that i like
5: that and so in that case he would have had a challenge for that third challenge and the kill harry touchdown he would have had that and then he would have maintained a, a another challenge now of course that means that you the game could go on and on forever you could challenge everything that you know is right of course that's never going to happen right. but i am i'm of the mind that you lose your challenges once you have two unsuccessful challenges
1: i, I like that solution because Belichick should not be punished. He should not be unable to challenge the in-kill Harry situation, which is plainly simple. Like Jerome Boger said it in the pool report afterwards to Mike Reese. I'm sure you you got the copy too. I mean, like, you know, he was like, well, the guy was blocked. So the next closest guy huddled up and they said, how close was he? I I think he was out of bounds. It's like, that's not, we have cameras, like just, I mean, pause, like just pause and be like, Hey, what, like, and call one to New York. Call, I don't, I don't care if you press a button
5: real quick and just be like, Hey Al. Ow, was that a touchdown? Right. And if was he, he says out yeah, of bounds like, or
1: not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. And it, but it's the same thing with the the fumble too that drives me nuts is like the, the Kelsey fumble. If you there are certain actions where like if you rule and Kill Harry out, you know that it's not challengeable. So like there's no fixing it. You can't change it once you rule him out. If you rule a touchdown, it's automatically reviewed. Like you gotta, you gotta be going through that in your brain as an official and be like, okay, we can like ease the burden on ourselves by ruling this a touchdown. And then there will just, you know, there is some, you know, you have to have the evidence has to overturn it. I get it. But like if he'd been out, it would have been very clear. And the same thing with the fumble, like just don't blow the whistle.
5: Don't blow the whistle. And it's, this is not a subjective call. Like he was not out. We see the green in between the the white shoe and the white line. So this is not a subjective call. Just like let it go and figure it out. And if he was out, that's a very easy mark. As far as the Stefan Gilmore play, it is difficult because, and I'll just say this because I do think that they should have let it go. However, what happens when on one of these very obvious ones where Travis Kelsey's arm was obviously down and they let the play go and somebody gets their clock cleaned yeah, and somebody gets concussed or somebody pulls a hamstring, Tyreek Hill's trying to chase them down. Something happens on what should have obviously been a dead play. That is the, that's what they're weighing. And so on that part, it's difficult for me, but I sort, I at least understand it far more than the kill Harry.
1: Yeah. Well, no, no. I And I agree with you. And the other thing too, is like, if you don't blow the play dead and it's really close, you have to have enough visual evidence to overturn it, which means right. by being lackadaisical about blowing the whistle and saying, I don't want this to like, it, that's why to me there needs to be an eye in the sky situation where, you know, let the referees do well, even then it doesn't matter because once you blow the play dead, there's no touchdown. So like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Th- that was just tough. And it's well, just,
5: it, it, here's what Steratore told me uh, last year when I did this story uh, following the, the NFC title game there needs to just be an eighth official on the field. He said the game is getting wider there. are, You know, I mean, there's 11 personnel everywhere. The game is now using more of the field. We just simply need more eyes on it. And everyone is saying that they need more eyes on it, but they're taking that to mean the sky judge. But these seven officials that are on the field, if you add an eighth in, Steratur was saying he believes that will help the process. And I'm, I'm inclined to agree with the great Gene Steratur on this one.
1: For sure. And you know what? Someone who else? Devo, maybe I don't remember who I talked to anymore. Somebody else told me that too. They were like, if you add another official on the field, it's going to dramatically change how people view everything. And like, it's a $14 billion business. Okay. That every, that literally millions of people are watching on, uh, week to week. Like let's. You know, let's 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 pay an extra official to get out there. Train somebody to right. get about, them out there.
5: We're we're talking about fourteen people probably.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, we're talking about 14, 14 jobs, part time jobs. I don't know that the NFL can afford that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe <laughs> they might be short. Who knows? What do you get what do you get? How do you have enough money to pay for that? It it's it it finding is. the players. Find the yeah. players to pay
5: for the officials.
1: Right, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just do a fine final players fund. That'll go over really well in the next CBA discussions. Um how hard do you think Patrick Mahomes is?
5: Um, you know, I think I think that he was so cold last night that he kind of forgot how much he was hurting. I would imagine today he is hurt, if that makes sense. You know, being out there on that field, like it was really, really cold and you don't know if you're hurt or not. You don't know what you're feeling. But I would imagine he's pretty banged up today. But the thing about the kid is he played through that ankle. He he wanted to play through the knee. Right. He was ready to come back five days later. And so he is obviously a tough kid. So he's going to be able to to come back and play through that. I hope that he doesn't throw a single pass in practice all week, though.
1: Mm, I'm with you. I, I would sit him. You won the West.
5: No, you can't sit him because the the first round bye is still in play, and you you hold the tiebreaker over both Baltimore and Kansas. Yeah, Bell. I don't think Baltimore's
1: in play. Probably they're not.
5: They're not, but because you hold no, that, yeah, I'm with you. two I'm with teams you. in front of you. You just can't.
1: Yeah, and look, you don't. You can't go into the Denver game. Is it Denver? No, who are they? Is it Denver? I think
5: they have Denver. Yeah. Yeah, they
1: do play Denver. In fact, that's the game where Mahomes got hurt the first time, um, and Matt Moore had to save the day. Yeah, I, I'm fine. You don't don't sit him if he if he's if he's if he's healthy enough to play, play him. But I would just be cautious. Like, if you play him and he sustains a long term injury, and you are already in the playoffs, you may cost yourself a chance at the Super Bowl. But did you see, did you see his girlfriend tweeting today? <laughs>
5: I did not, but it's not the first time I've been asked, so like, did you see what Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend tweeted? So what she, did she tweet?
1: She tweeted, it's pretty good, it's, it's, it's aggressively salty, I like it, I respect it, but um, she tweeted, where's the hell, where the hell is this? Tweet? Ah, here it is. Uh, all Patriots fans, quote, we still have six Super Bowls, LOLOLOL. LOL, LOL. Once Patrick has been in the league as long as Brady, then chat to me about Super Bowls. Patrick is 24, Brady is 42, you just wait, clap, clap emoji. I don't know that I'd do that. I don't. I don't. Don't, don't do that. If my don't. wife was out here tweeting stuff like that, I'd be like, I would, I would be, I would be walking downstairs like, w- what are you doing? Why are you trash talking like Connor Orr at, at MMQB? Like, <laughs> like, you no, think Connor is- writes articles? Wait till my husband's been in this biz for ten years. Or, yeah.
5: yeah. No, it is tough because listen, she she has every right to speak for herself. She has every right to have a mind of her own. She she has her platform. All of those things, but. It's just one of those things. Like, are you speaking for me? Because if it were me, I don't need you to do that. I'm glad that you got my back. I love you're my ride or die, and I appreciate that. But like, I don't need all that.
1: Yeah, please. You're making you're making life harder on me. Um, you may not have seen this. Debo just alerted me to it, but I'm just I'm gonna tell you since we're on the tell me all about it. Uh, so Paul Daner, Jr., you know Paul? Paul's a good guy. Oh yeah, yeah, love Paul. Uh, friend of the program, come on the podcast says. This is literally the first I heard of this. At the question of it being alleged, a Patriots official had a videographer filming the Bengals sideline from the press box in Cleveland on Sunday. Zach Taylor had no comment, only saying he was, quote, aware there was an incident and, quote, the league was investigating it, end quote, but had no comment. So the Patriots are now being, you're trying to tell me that the New England Patriots, on the day that they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, are rolling... Someone down to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati a day early and we're going to film the, the, the one win Bengals in, or we're going to Cleveland and we're going to film the one win Bengals and try to get their offensive approach or defensive approach so we can take care of business against Cincinnati. I, that feels a little concocted to
5: me. So, so here's what jumps to my mind is this is, this is obviously an advanced scout. So teams do this all the time. They sure. send, they send their advanced scouts to the press box. Uh, they sit in there among the scribes, usually off to the side. As far as videotaping, are we talking about a tripod and an actual Nikon? Or are we talking about, like, hey, was he, like, doing portrait mode on his iPhone 7 right. of something through the press box? And, you know, obviously, if it's a tripod and a real full camera, that's really interesting. But if he's just taking a video like any other Joe that's sitting in the stands of something, like, I don't know about all that. So that's that's a very odd thing to – to have happened. That's also an odd thing to have alleged happened. So I'm interested to see how that unfolds.
1: You think, I mean, like, come on, like you tell me the Patriots are trying to film Zach Taylor's play calls. Get the, get out. This is, is I, I refuse to believe that Bill Belichick would stoop that low. Well, okay. okay I don't well. refuse to believe it. It's possible. I,
5: I, I believe that he'll do a lot to, to win football games and find that extra edge. And you know, if there's nothing in the rule book that says, "Hey, my advanced scout can't shoot with his iPhone in the press box like Will Brinson or Jonathan Jones can," then you know, whatever. I well, don't know that that was the case. Yeah, but I don't. If well, that's, I don't
1: know the answer. Is that is that illegal? Would he? Is that illegal? Can he? Can he, I mean? I assume anybody can go sit in the press box and record, right?
5: Well, if, honestly, I remember. If, there was a protest at Bank of America Stadium back when I covered the Panthers, and they had unfurled this thing and they were. Oh, protesting. I was there.
1: It was so that was, Monday night game yeah, against yeah. the Colts.
5: That's right. That's right. They're protesting and the that
1: oil. They're protesting the fracking.
5: Yes, that's what Dude it was. the
1: freaking repeller thing. It was insane.
5: And so every one of the press box starts taking pictures and posting them, and the Panthers are getting very embarrassed. The Panthers, at that point, owned by Jerry Richardson, of course, <laughs> easily embarrassed by a lot of things, but not by what they should be. Um, and so. <laughs> He we had uh members of of the Panther staff come in there and say, Hey, that's actually against the credential rules to be posting photos and videos from inside the press box. Yeah. And I, I was like, Yeah, they are like, you know, check the bylaws on that. I'm like, you don't want to pick this. Yeah,
1: it's, like, it's like, hey, yeah, Prabs, why don't you uh why don't you check this? I'm gonna be filming this guy repelling from the side of the press box. Like, if you can't stop the guy from repelling inside the stadium, that's not my problem. Also, that's like one of those times where like it was the same thing with that, that you talk about the Saints uh, or the 49ers uh, Ravens Super Bowl in, in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, where it's like at the moment, you're like, this is crazy. And you are like, oh, crap, this might be like a terrorist attack. You know, like like that's what I heard from people who were in
5: there. I didn't like on television and we're all making funny jokes and memes on the Internet when it yeah. happened. But like the the things that I heard from people in the press box, they were like, yeah, the first thing I thought in my head was this is a terrorist attack. I was like, Whew, yeah, that's not very funny.
1: I, 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 yeah, it's not funny. I, I didn't, I, I was, um, cause I remember we were out in the auxiliary press box for that game. It was like the power went out, but it was still like kind of a little bit lit in the, cause you're not, you're, you're in the big stadium. So there's like, like some it. still like lights and stuff like, you know, computer screens still charged up and all that. And it was like, well, this is crazy. Like the power just went out and you start walking around. You're like, Oh, like, this is not like, what if this is something more? Oh my God, this is panic. And then the next year, I think, was the next year had been the Seahawks Super Bowl, Seahawks Broncos.
5: That sounds
1: yes, right. In New yep. York. Well, yeah. that game, we left the press box to go downstairs early, and it had, you know, it, like, the, it was a blowout. It was up for 45-6 or whatever. And so, like, and they had TVs down in the interview room. And there's like two minutes left. We're like, all right, come on, we gotta get these interviews going. All of a sudden we hear boom, 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 boom. I was like, Oh my god, this is an this is an attack in New York. Great, lovely. It was the fire the, the, the TV feed was so delayed. It was fireworks going off to celebrate the end of the game. I'm oh. like having a heart attack. Like it, it, I never none of this had ever occurred to me, like until until the lights went out in New Orleans. So uh, yeah. and then, and the, then the repeller, you're like, Well, what if this guy's a nut job? Like did the, the football game.
5: Yeah, I didn't think about that at the time because I hadn't experienced those things like you. And so I'm just laughing along with it. No, I was chuckling also, too.
1: I'm like filming it. I was laughing too. And then I'm like, Oh, wait, also Googling
5: guys. what he's protesting so that I can like accurately portray that as know. a reporter.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. I don't know what that was a good tangent. I don't know how we, uh, how we got off of there. This is recorded Monday afternoon, by the way, in case the Patriots are indicted in federal court for, for wiretapping and, and fraud <laughs> or something like that. Um, let's get out of here. That was a good talk. We miss anything? We miss anything with the um Chiefs? Nah, they're good, right? They're fine. Yeah, they're fine. Their defense is actually playing pretty well.
5: Yeah, they are. I I like them. I don't know who's gonna come out of this AFC. I I I take that back. I think the Ravens are gonna come out of the AFC. I don't know who's gonna come out of the NFC. I have no clues.
1: The NFC is as- topsy turvy. Like that Saints game flipped the Packers to number two. Even though the Packers are struggling against the Redskins, like
5: <laughs> right, and I think the Packers are the fourth best team in the NFC. I think it's a tie at first with with uh, San Francisco, with New Orleans, and Seattle. I
1: I would put the Packers behind the Vikings, and I might I I take the Rams over the, the Packers. Wow, that's, that's crazy. Crazy. Um All right, JJ, fun man. Uh, yeah, and you're not every it. Monday. Debo informed for you, not every Monday, just Monday during the season.
5: Okay, that's fine. You know, whenever you want to do it.
1: Yeah, just breaking news for you on the podcast. Uh, Jonathan Jones, follow him on Twitter at jjones9. Listen to him on the podcast. Check him out at CBS Sports HQ. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it.
0: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting,